Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Great good afternoon to you and yours. Happy middle of the week, Wednesday, July 13th, the year 2022. We're locked in for the next two hours as we are each and every day, Monday through Friday here uh, on uh, the game. As we come to you uh, from the studios and where my main man, James Mesh, is uh, producing Spinning the tunes, pushing all the right buttons. It's on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on in 1041 in Lake Charles. We're si- we're streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you happen to be in the Acadiana area, you can uh, turn your television set on because we are simulcasting on Stadium 32.3 and... 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. All right, tomorrow is the start of the Open Championship at uh, St. Andrews. Rory McIlroy is the betting favorite to win the Open, but long shot Tiger Woods is Sportsbook's longest liability. McIlroy is going at 9-1 to one this week. Xander Shoffley, fresh off his win at the Scottish Open, is next at 14-1, to one, followed by Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth, and John Rahm, each 16 to one woods can be found as long as 110 to one to win and it's the largest liability for multiple sports books uh, at caesar sportsbook where he's listed at 65 to one the liability on woods winning the tournament is double that of any other golfer in the world and tiger says um look out despite what nick faldo said uh tiger says he feels great and he's ready to go as he's trying to win his fourth Open Championship and his third at the birthplace of golf. Yes, indeed. Uh, We mentioned it yesterday. Yes, LSU picked up its 15th commitment for 2023. It's ninth of the month. It's third from Louisiana when Caleb Jackson of Liberty Magnet in Baton Rouge chose the hometown Tigers. He was hotly pursued by Alabama after rushing for 2,031 yards and 29 touchdowns on 138 carries last year for an average of 184.6 yards per game and 14.7 yards per carry. Now with Jackson on board, LSU's class sits at number eight. Eight in national rankings by 24-7 sports and on three.com. So there you go. We also told you that uh, tomorrow that SEC media days are coming up starting on Monday. Jack Besh, Mike Jones, BJ Ogilari will represent the Tigers at the 37th annual SEC football media days next week, starting Monday 
in Atlanta. Brian Kelly uh, is one of three head coaches making their SEC Media Days debut, and he'll be the first to the podium as he'll speak for 30 minutes Monday at 11.35 p.m. 11.35 a.m. So stay tuned for that. Um, The Astros were winners again last night. Um... And shocking news, basically, in the world of Major League Baseball, a trendy preseason World Series pick. Toronto barely hanging on to a wild card spot. And because of that, um, the club fired manager Charlie Montoyo today. The Blue Jays announced bench coach John Schneider has been named interim manager through the end of this 2022 season Montoya who's 56 years old signed a contract extension through the 2023 season in April Um, but right now Toronto is 46 and 42 they've lost 18 of their last 28 games they're only a half game up on the third wild card spot Um, so Toronto gets rid of their uh baseball coach how about that yeah how about that um no news on the nba front other than the utah jazz are now open for discussions related to donovan mitchell remember they got rid of uh rudy gobert they and to to the minnesota timberwolves for a ton of draft stock. Um, and so Donovan Mitchell is is out there. Now the question is, will anybody be willing to pay the price to get him? Um, and that's, that's the key, uh, without any question, without any doubt. Um, the Big 12 is having their media days, and new commissioner Brett Yormack said that they are exploring all options concerning expansion. Now, in his first public appearance, incoming Big 12 commissioner Yormack said the conference, yep, we're exploring all options when it comes to expansion, including the possibility of adding Pac-12 schools. Yormack said, we're open for business. Um, And optionality is good, and we're vetting through all of them. I think it's fair to say I've received a lot of phone calls, a lot of interest. We're exploring those levels of interest. Nothing is imminent. So stay tuned for more on that. Meanwhile, all reports are that the SEC is done with expansion. Um, they want to stay at 16 teams. Um, according to an SEC athletic director, we're positioned at 16 for a robust future. The need just isn't there. Now, potential future moves on the expansion for it could change that need, but conference presidents believe the SEC is positioned well for the future growth of college football. I don't see any expansion move as threatening us, according to sources. When asked if Notre Dame to the Big Ten would be a threatening move, sources say, why? I'll put our product versus anyone's product. So we're going to just add schools to add schools. There's no value in that. So stay tuned. Um, It might be over for now. 
but I don't think it's going to be over forever. Uh, I just don't. Um, when, when they get to the SEC media days, you know that um, the first question that's going to be asked of Brian Kelly is, who is your quarterback? Who's going to be your starting, starting quarterback? And, you know, he's going to um, – He's going to say, well, you know, we, we're going through this and we're going through that and we're going to determine things later on. But LSU is one of those teams where in the past, an injury to your starting quarterback would be devastating, absolutely devastating. But now with a legitimate three-way battle in Baton Rouge with Garrett Nussmeyer vying for that starting job, despite the fact that he's four years younger than Miles Brennan uh, and Brian Kelly brought in that coveted Arizona State transfer, Jaden Daniels. So as I've said before, after spring, it feels like there's more questions than answers and a lack of separation in the pecking order is why LSU is in this spot. But let's also think about how this situation played out last year. Brennan went down with a season ending injury. Max Johnson comes in. Would Johnson have been the starter if Brennan had stayed healthy? I, I don't know. When, when you look at, um, at Brennan, uh, he did a pretty good job while he was while he was out there. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. But why? I still wonder why would Brian Kelly go pursue Jaden Daniels? Why would he actively go recruit that guy to come in to compete for the quarterback job? I think he's the guy that puts the most pressure on defenses, and it would not surprise me if at the end of the day, when the dust all settles. Now, remember, Jaden Daniels, new to the program, learning the system, that, that's got to make you a little bit tentative. Now that he's had time to study and to, to, to analyze and go over it and go over it and go over it, where now you're not thinking, you're just reacting, he brings an awful lot to the table. So stay tuned for that. Let me tell you about our lineup of guests today. Koki Riley will join us here shortly, covers the LSU Tigers. We'll talk more about their recruiting, who's next in the pipeline. We'll get a preview of the Open Championship from our golf analyst from Golf Digest, Alex Myers, at around 2.30 this afternoon. Christian Clark will join us at the top of hour number two, right at 3 o'clock to say, oh, golly, two will be fine. Pick. Dyson Daniels going to be fine. Pick. Dyson Daniels going to be fine. The second pick, EJ Liddell, mm-mm, mm-mm, not good. Not good at all. So we'll discuss that. And is it time to shut Trey Murphy down? Why play him? Don't get anybody else hurt. We'll talk with Christian Clark about that. Uh, Michael Huguenin will join us as he always does on a Wednesday, unless we don't have a show on a Wednesday. And then, then he, uh, you know, he joins us on a Thursday, but we've got him today. Meanwhile, LSU baseball apparently has got some good news. Paxton Kling, the Pennsylvania Gatorade player of the year and a potential early round pick in next week's major league baseball draft said today, he's coming to LSU. The senior outfielder said via Twitter that quote, he wants to play for a program that LSU has built over many of years, which also has the best fans in the country in the future. I am excited to explore the draft process again. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Good news. Great news for um, 
Jay Johnson and the LSU Tigers. Um, as we go to break, I got some facts about maybe five of the most famous athletes in the world. And we'll do this during, uh, as we head to breaks throughout the course of the show today, starting with Michael Jordan, you know, the story of Jordan being cut from his high school basketball team has long been part of his remarkable rise to stardom. But the story is just a little bit misleading. You see, Jordan was never actually cut from the team. He tried out for the Laney high school varsity team as a sophomore and he wound up on the junior varsity instead. Per the sources out there, Laney was in need of taller players. So they passed on the then five foot ten Jordan in favor of his six foot seven friend, Leroy Smith. Five ten ended up being what? Six six? That's a pretty good growth spurt. Michael Jordan. We'll take our first time out of the day. When we come back, Koki Riley will join us. We'll talk LSU sports. But first, um, the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles is packing up the bags and heading to Atlanta for SEC Media Days. Tune in starting Monday, July 18th as both RP3 and company and Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh will be broadcasting live from the College Football Hall of Fame for the games live from SEC Media Day coverage presented by Bordelon Furniture. Now, not only will RP3 and Matt be broadcasting live, they'll also be providing live updates every day on Footnotes and on our show. And I'm trying to get uh, uh, Miguez to do it at around 2.15, so we shall see. So kick off the 2022 season in Atlanta with the game, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. All right, we'll take our first time out of the day. Um, and this is the Jordy Helper Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, where you're home for the Houston Astros, the hot Houston Astros, who won last night, by the way, and the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. They say shooters shoot. He's a man who shoots from the hip and a man who's hip when he shoots. And no one shoots more from the hip when it comes to sports talk than the Blonde Bomber. Back to more of the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back at 19 minutes after the hour. Since we are your home for the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana, let's find out the latest and the greatest in Tiger Town with our good friend who covers LSU football, baseball, and hoops for USA Today in the Sports South region with the Daily Advertiser, Koki Riley, fresh off of vacation. Man, I'm jealous, buddy. How are you? I'm doing really well. Nice and fresh and uh, ready to get rolling here. Refreshed and ready to get rolling. Um, are you going to be heading to uh, Atlanta for SEC Media Days? I actually won't be uh, heading over to Atlanta, but, uh, okay. you know, it sounds like it's going to be a fun and eventful uh, couple of days down there for sure. With all social media and television and everything, you'll be able to see just as much uh, from here as you would be if you were there. So um, good for you. Um, LSU football. Um Man, they've certainly uh, had quite the past 11, 12 days, haven't they, when it comes to recruiting? Absolutely. I mean, the moment they go, at the moment I go, excuse me, yes. uh, to vacation, they just go absolutely yes. wild with the recruits. I mean, that in the last 12 days, you, Koki. Don't I was forget gone. They added 11 uh, commitments, a nine from the class of 2023, 
uh, two for the class 2024. So uh, let's sort of dive into these guys, if you, if, if you will. Yeah, dive into it. Who's uh, that five-star wide receiver out of Miami? He's got to be the pick of the litter, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, J- Jalen Brown, uh, the five-star receiver from, from Miami. Uh, LSU uh, swipes him from right underneath Miami's nose. I don't think that recruitment is totally done. Um, there, there seemed to be a pretty clear indication from, from Jalen um, and some of the quotes he gave after he, that commitment that he could, you know, but it, it, his recruitment isn't totally shut, closed, and cased and done. Um, he could flip it to Miami, and, and Miami's yeah. going to keep on recruiting him for sure. And they obviously have the proximity of getting him in um, for those for those uh, unofficial visits uh, because, again, he lives in Miami. He grew up as a Miami fan, even apparently as well. So, um, But if they can hold on to his recruitment, I mean, they have a really, really good chance here uh, if they can land Shelton Sampson Jr. from here from Catholic Baton Rouge have two of the five best receivers in the nation for this year's class and a very strong receiver class that would be really something two five-star receivers two top five receivers and then they went on an absolute rampage with all these four-star recruits mm-hmm. i mean on the defensive line they added jackson howard joshua mickens deshaun womack and deron reed all those guys are in and around the top 150, 100 prospects in the nation, great, really, really excellent players. Howard uh, is is in the top 100. Deron Reed's number 29 in the on three recruiting rankings. Um, very different ranking in the 24-7 rankings, but um, I, I can't really explain to you exactly why that's the case, but it is the case. <laughs> it doesn't uh, matter. And then I already mentioned Brown. They, they added a couple of three-stars, guys like Wood Weeks, Ashton Ashton Stamps, Jeremiah Hughes, and Caleb Jackson, uh, the Liberty Magnet running back who um, plays his ball literally a minute away from my apartment. So, um, yeah, he's the number six running back in the nation according to 24-7 Sports. So it was just like an incredibly – I haven't even mentioned the 2024 guys. <laughs> so it, it's, it's just been an incredibly active and incredibly busy uh, last couple of weeks for LSU. Do you live at Place de Planchet on Lee Drive? Oh, yes, I do. No, see there? I'm very familiar with that part of the world. Um, Don't you find that, you know, people say, well, they're only three stars. But once they commit to a school of the the noteworthiness of an LSU, doesn't that automatically give them a bump? Don't they they become four stars from there? Yeah, um, they're at least notable three stars. It's not just that you're getting this three star who is mostly mid-major offers, right? I mean, Hughes was... Mm -hmm. Um, looking at a, quite a few Pac-12 schools, and Arkansas was in the mix there, um, and they were able to grab him. And he's still the number. I mean, Nevada isn't some great, uh, great haven of recruiting, but he's still the number six player in the state, which means something, I, I'd say at least. Yeah. Um, I mean, Ashton Stamps. Uh, we'll see if if, if his star kind of rises a bit. I mean, he was pretty impressive in the camps, apparently. Um, in the LSU elite camps in June, and, and, and he got an offer from them, and it seemed like it, it it sort of snowballed pretty quickly in terms of him committing to LSU. And then he got and then he got a guy like his brother West Weeks, who's already on the team, and it seems like he's going to be a contributor for LSU at linebacker this year, and they're going to get his brother next year. So, uh, yeah, it's I mean even their three star recruits, I think there's at least some value there. And in even the fourth three star they got, Xavier Atkins. Uh, from Louisiana for the 2024 class. It's really early to see, and there's plenty of time for those 2023 guys, and especially a guy like Atkins in 2024, 
to boost up those ratings. And I'd, I'd expect, especially with someone like Atkins, who's 2024, to um, have a higher star rating by the end of this. Yeah, I think you touched on something that's very important for people to remember. Just because you're committed now doesn't mean you're in the you're going to be wearing purple and gold and running through the 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 tunnel and through those goalposts. A lot of things can change between now and National Signing Day, so everybody just slow down a little bit and let's wait and see what happens. I've always said, I mean, it's hard to keep kids from that far away um, to come all the way down to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. A lot of things can come into play between now and then so let's all slow down but Jalen Brown on the offensive side is the top offensive commit and Deshaun Womack is the top defensive commit he's a defensive end um and I gotta believe now I think everybody's waiting for the dominoes to fall with a couple of offensive linemen particularly one from North Louisiana and one from New Orleans is that uh, is that uh, on your radar as well yeah, yeah. Tyree Adams, the four-star offensive tackle, and then uh, Zalance Hurd, also a four-star offensive tackle. Hurd's a top-ten tackle in the nation, so that would be a huge addition. He's a top-100 prospect in the nation, I think, consensus-wise he is. Um, and then Adams is around the top 200, uh, not as highly rated as, uh, as an offensive tackle, but I, I think Hurd has sort of uh, come on uh, the radar a little bit quicker, I guess, uh, to, uh, I guess so. Um, yeah, they got those two are certainly um, in their plans, and there's some out of state offensive linemen that they're trying to get in contention for, but it doesn't look like they're necessarily the favorites for someone like TJ Shanahan, um, someone like Chase Basantis. Um, but, you know, they're working on that offensive line. I think that's going to be the next run of recruits, of, of commitments, I'd say. And, I mean, they already, already have as many commitments as last year's class, and Although it is very early, I totally agree with you there, but I also think that um, they, they're going to get over 20. I'd be pretty surprised if they don't have more than 20 oh, commitments this year. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Koki um, Riley, kind enough to join us. When you look at the big four coaches at LSU, you got Brian Kelly, of course, with football. You've got Matt McMahon with men's basketball, Kim Mulkey with women's basketball, and Jake Johnson with LSU baseball. They've all done a remarkable job. If you had to place them as who's done the best, second best, third best, fourth best, that that's a tough that's a tough call. But uh, I, I believe in my heart of hearts that with what Matt McMahon was faced with, having nobody to be able to fill a roster and do the portal and do all, I, I think he's done the most remarkable job. If you agree with that, yeah, great. If you don't, tell me why and who would you put at number one? Ooh, in overall or just in like, recruiting players to come play for you and stuff like that. Well, I'm talking about recruiting for your team. Okay. Who's done it for this recruiting class coming in? Huh? Um, if we're, I think if we include coaches and we add in the West Johnson factor, I think it's Jay Johnson just because of how incredible of a job they've done in the portal. Incredible. And they brought in the number one recruiting class in the nation, according to the perfect yeah. game. They brought in excellent players from the portal, guys like Tommy White, Fair. guys like Dylan T. Rake, who can be really major impact players for this team next year. They probably had the number one portal class in the nation. I, I, I don't know a service that has that exactly, but I would be surprised if anyone else has had a better class than LSU baseball this year. And then, I mean, you had a guy like Wes Johnson. You literally pull him 
from Major League Baseball in the middle of a season to be your pitching okay. coach. I, I think he's done the best overall recruiting job if you're looking at Fair just simply adding pieces to the team to the to the to the program. Um, but if we were, if we were just talking about roster, I do agree with you that Matt McMahon has done probably the best job just because of the circumstances for the most part. But also, they brought in some very talented players and brought back yeah. some talented players as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and to your point with Jake Johnson in baseball, Paxton Kling, I mentioned earlier, the Pennsylvania Gatorade Player of the Year, a potential early round pick in next week's Major League Baseball draft, said today he's not going into Major League Baseball. He's coming to LSU. He wants to play in this program. Kim Mulkey gets the number one prospect in the state of Louisiana. She's hit the portal. She's reloaded again. Um, it. it it's so hard. I, I, you could put one, one A, one B, one C, one D, right? I mean, they've they've all done a remarkable job co- uh, under the circumstances um, to date. Yeah, yeah. I think Brian Kelly's done a good job, but I think he is actually running in fourth place among yeah. those four, honestly. Yeah. Um, and that's nothing against. That's really less of anything against him, and more of. I'd say it, it's got it's a combination of two things. One, it's just early. With Brian right. Kelly, just because um, with this 2023 recruiting class, there's still a lot of time to go, time left to go, and all that sort of stuff. And football is a whole, is a whole different monster. But also, a lot of it's just like we've been saying for the last couple of minutes, just like how good or how well everyone else has been doing in terms of adding in talent to their respective programs, and especially like with men's basketball, where they were in that terrible situation and they still are in that tough situation. And yet right. um, they, they bring in uh, multiple top 120 prospects to go along with uh, a very strong transfer portal class. So I don't know. It's I'm, I'm really curious to see how this all ends up shaping up because I think like what pretty much all the movement we've seen uh, from these coaches this off season, we haven't seen them, any of these players, any of these new players or coaches uh, right. do anything. Um, so uh, how it shapes out is is going is my question, Mark. I yeah, I, I just go back to men's basketball because not only did he not have any players, but he had no coaches either. So he had to, he had to do a whole new team in the blink of an eye. Now, I don't know how good they're going to be, but just the fact that he did what he did under the circumstances with not knowing what the NCAA is going to levy upon the program. And, and, and why would kids want to go to LSU? Oh, well, we're going to play in the tournament. Are we going to be out of it? What's the, I just think it's remarkable, but all four of them pretty darn good job as has you, my, friend great job welcome back thanks for your time now let's get back in the groove of things man so thank you buddy have a great day all right all right we'll do uh thanks so much again for having me jordy you got it buddy that's Cokie riley covers uh lsu for usa today and for the daily advertiser now you can score a new apple watch by sending a simple text message that's right the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles wants to hook you up with a new apple watch all you have to do to win is join our brand new text club simply text game to 337-283-8100. That's game to 337-283-8100. Once you join, you'll be eligible to win an Apple Watch. Plus, you'll have a ton of chances to score other great prizes like Astros tickets and more. It's the Game Text Club. Find out more at 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com. They're across the pond for golf's final major of the year, the Open at the birthplace of golf. Alec Myers of Golf Digest joins us next to preview the Open 
here on the Jordy Helfrich Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. July 13th, 1968. Gary Player wins the second of his three Open Championship titles with a two-stroke win over Bob Charles and Jack Nicklaus. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we welcome you back. Golf's final major of the year is uh, starting up Thursday, tomorrow, across the pond at uh, the birthplace of golf, St. Andrews. And as per the, it's become a tradition, just like the Masters, a tradition unlike any other. Uh, it's a tradition here on the Jordy Helper Show to get our get- golf analyst extraordinaire, um, Mr. Alex Myers from Golf Digest, to come and give us his thoughts about, uh, we don't call it the British Open anymore. We just call it the open. Um, happy open eve, Alex. How have you been, sir? Been great. Uh, I'm excited for, to get this tournament underway. It feels like we've been building up to this thing for weeks. This this yes. week has been going on forever. Let's get this party started, Jordy. Is it uh, is it that build up because of the way Tiger's acting? It's almost like I'm getting the impression in the back of my mind. Tiger thinks this is probably the last time I might be playing this course in a competitive nature, uh, and he's trying to soak in everything and do everything that he possibly can. Yeah, I think that's definitely adding to it. Um, you know, there's been a lot of speculation on whether this will be the last time that, you know, even Tiger kind of alluded to the fact that who knows, this could be the last time when he's, you know, a, a, a major player potentially to tee it up here at St. Andrews. So, you know, I don't think this will be the last time we're going to see him or anything like that. He's not going to retire or whatever, mm-hmm. but, but you're right. That's definitely added to it. Um, I think we all realize that it's special anytime that he plays these days. I mean, we've barely seen him this year obviously since the, the accident last year. So then you, you add in the fact that it is this historic venue where he's won twice before. Uh, and so, yeah, you do kind of want to savor it a little more. So that's definitely adding to it. Um, you know, it's the 150th playing. It's the home of golf. It's the last major of the year. You got the tension with the live guys. I mean, all these things added up. Uh, yeah. It's it certainly created about as much buzz as I could remember heading into a major. Um, Tiger won his uh, first claret jug here in 2000. He won by a, a whopping eight strokes and completed the career grand slam. 19 under total over 72 holes was a record for any major. He didn't hit a single shot into one of those pit bunkers that uh, that's so famous for. No wonder he loves this course. What are you hearing? Uh, he's practiced, played more practice rounds um, for this tournament than he did for the the Masters and uh, and you know and the PGA combined. Uh, well, what's going on with Tiger? What are you hearing about him leading up to this tournament? Yeah, no, I mean, kind of what you alluded to there. Um, he has definitely played more this week than he has all year at the other two majors combined that he played. And I'm talking about the Masters, obviously, and then the PGA Championship where. Uh, you know, we know he made the cut in both both tournaments, and he kind of faded on the weekend. The PGA decided to even withdraw mm-hmm. ahead of the final round, which 
was probably the right move. He was, you know, a million shots out of it. But uh, and then he didn't play in the U.S. Open. So he is really going at it. Um, a lot of practice rounds, uh, a lot more time on the range. Uh, part of it is I think he's feeling better. And part of it is he's as excited as anybody to play here. I mean, this is his favorite course in the world. Obviously, like you said, of course he loves it. He's won there a couple times. But even just, you know, Lynx golf itself, you know, we saw him play uh, in Ireland with Rory last week. Uh, obviously, we saw him play in that, uh, that Pro-Am in Ireland as well. He used to come over here and, uh, you know, go, go early to the Open just to get accustomed to Lynx golf every year and play. Uh, you know, way back in the day with his buddy Mark O'Meara, go fishing, play some right. golf. So he just kind of loves it over here. Um, and, and yeah, he, he definitely has put in the time this week more so than I think most people anticipated. So that's a, gr- a great sign so far. And uh, we'll have to see if he's able to keep up that, that strength all week. Uh, Nick Faldo says, no way. Uh, we've got too much navigating to do walking-wise. It's different than Augusta. Augusta's so hilly, um, uh, and uh, or Southern Woods is as well. Um, but St. Andrews is a little flatter, right? But it's yes. it, it, going to be easier for him to walk this course? Yes, without a doubt. Um, it, it's, it's very flat. Uh, you know, Augusta National, we all know the elevation changes there are, are crazy. Southern Hills is called Southern Hills. So, you know, <laughs> obviously there were some up and downs there. Um, he didn't play Brookline. And, uh, and and he's been eyeing this one all year, not just because he loves it, but, but yes, because it is an easier walk. Um, you know, Lynx Golf, uh, there's not a lot of elevation changes. Uh, and, and that's certainly true here. You And it's, you know, classic. Links routing where, you know, nine holes or so go out and then you come back the other way. All the trouble is to the right. You kind of know where you, you hit it. Um, it's going to play a lot shorter because it's playing so firm. I mean, these courses always play firm. That's just the, the ground uh, over there. But but they have gotten such little rain that it's even firmer than normal. Someone mm-hmm. tweeted today that Bryson DeChambeau hit a six iron 305 yards today. So, you know, the course is going to play short, and uh, it's going to be a much easier walk for Tiger, and and that's certainly uh, why I think he's had his eye on this one all year. He never enters a tournament thinking that uh, anything other than I'm playing to win it. Um, What is a reasonable expectation for you for Tiger? Well, you know, based on the fact that he did make the cut the first two majors, um, Mm -hmm. I, I would think it's reasonable, you know, certainly to expect him to make the cut and then to not fade over the weekend as much. So, uh, you know, I know he was in the top 20, I think, going into the weekend at Augusta. Uh, You know, I think it would be, well, first of all, it'd be amazing if he made the cut in in just all three of majors that he teed it up in in the same year, considering even the big guns can't can't seem to do that. I mean, even Scotty Scheffler, missed the cut at the PGA Championship. So sure did. if he just did that, that would be something. But I would love to see him, you know, top 15, top 10, uh, at some point just have his name somewhere on that, the bottom of the first page or even the top of the second page of the leaderboard just to give people something, to, some hope that, you know, he can make some kind of a heroic charge. Uh, but just getting to see him play four days would really be special um, at this course. 
Is the fact that Tiger's playing, is that one of the reasons why I haven't heard as much about the Live Golf and the PGA Tour controversy uh, at the RNA this week, or am I mistaken about that? No, I, I think there's definitely something to that, and, and probably the biggest headline, well, the two biggest headlines, uh, one of them involved Tiger because it was kind of his, you know, him coming out against the Live guys and, right. uh, you know, gave a very thoughtful answer about, uh, you know, the guys leaving and turning their back on the tour and how he feels bad for the young players who might not get to kind of experience what real competition is all about, you know, the way that he came up, the way the other great players came up, you know, not going out there and having guaranteed money at your feet and, and contracts and all that. And, uh, you know, he worries about some of these younger players, you know, if they don't earn world ranking points, will they even get to play in the majors, get to experience something like this week? So that was certainly one of the big stories, just Tiger commenting on it. And then the other, of course, was the RNA not inviting Greg Norman, a two-time open champ, to the celebration of champions. And they kind of came right out and said it. They kind of announced, you know, yeah, we didn't invite him this year. Uh, You know, and that was kind of a big deal. And Norman kind of shot back uh, that he was disappointed. He thought they'd be above that. But you know what? He's, I hate to say it, but, I mean, he's full of it uh, because he hasn't come to an Open in, in like, a dozen years. And all of a sudden this year, he wanted to play in it, and they said, whoa, 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 you're not playing. We're not giving you exemption. So that was embarrassment number one for him. And then embarrassment number two is they said, don't even bother showing up for the, the celebration of the dinner. And I know some people said they went a little too far, but, I'm sorry, this guy wasn't going to come anyway. He just wants yeah. to, to, you know, steal some headlines, right. uh, both for himself what? and for Live Golf. And frankly, you know, the attention should be on the tournament itself. Absolutely. Uh, and, and so I think the RNA did the right thing by not inviting him because he would have been a bit of a sideshow. I'm with you. What is the deal with Greg Norman against yeah. the PJ? What is his problem? Yeah, I, he's just, he's had this axe to grind. Jordy, it goes back to before I, I was covering golf. Um, you know, he, he had an idea for um, a world tour, and, and it probably was a good idea. And, it, and basically the PJ Tour ended up almost kind of ripping him off a little with the, these world golf championships. So I get that he was kind of upset with that. But, you know, we're talking about something that happened 30 years ago. And you, you want to talk about a guy who's made probably, you know, over a billion dollars. I mean, he's Absolutely. not a golfer. He's a... He's a business tycoon. And so for him to be so, uh, you know, zealous into, you know, making making more money and, and, you know, getting back at the tour and getting revenge. I mean, Tim Fincham is not even the commissioner anymore. That's the guy we would want to get back at. So I just, yeah, I'm I'm disappointed. I think a lot of golfers, even even golfers who were friends with Greg Norman, have come out and said, just man, so we're bitter. disappointed by just a, so, just a bitter old man to but he's a he's a bitter man. nobody has time for that let's let's talk about the players that count uh yeah. nobody hotter than xander shawfley but eh, he can't win this thing can he <laughs> uh no i think he can jordy uh you know yeah. it's funny I-, I love xander i'm a huge xander fan but i was kind of getting into that camp of like man, this guy just does not win anymore. And now all of a sudden he can't lose. Can't lose. Uh, I, it, it's incredible. I Look, I, I think we can't overlook these hot golfers. Uh, we kind of overlooked Scotty Scheffler coming into the, the Masters, uh, even Cam Smith. They ended up having that final round duel. 
Uh, you know, Matt Fitzpatrick uh, was the leader in, in strokes game total coming to the U.S. Open. He ends up winning there. Uh, you know, PJ Championship, Justin Thomas had had a lot of top tens. I mean, this year it does seem like the guys who are playing really well have carried it over into the majors. And, uh, you know, it almost seems too obvious to pick Xander Shoffley, but I also don't want to miss that boat. So I think I picked about five guys, and, and I definitely threw something in on him as well. Now, I hate the fact that his odds have been just absolutely slashed. I mean, he's the second favorite now in a lot of places, 12 wow. to 1 odds. Uh, for a guy who's never won a major, is is, is pretty stunning. But um, mm-hmm. no, I, I I do expect him to compete and uh, contend and uh, and keep this hot train going because you know this is a course that uh, if you look at it, guys who have played well at Augusta also play well here. Um, and he's obviously played well at Augusta. He's had some close calls there. Uh, we know he can play links golf. He has you know obviously the Scottish Open win last week, but he has a runner up mm-hmm. at Carnoustie in Scotland as well. So uh, I do like Xander this week. Uh, he's definitely one of my top five guys. Is this one of those places where the wind blows, uh, like uh, howling off the plains and off the off the water? Does it get chilly? Yeah. I mean, what what do we expect weather-wise? Yeah, well, you know, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on your point of view, it looks like they're going to get great weather all week. I know us fans who are at home bundled Nasty. up on our couch, you know, love yeah. seeing these guys out there all bundled up and struggling with the wind <laughs> and the rain. It doesn't look like there's, they're going to get any rain. So on one hand, that's going to make it a little easier that you don't have to worry about that. But on the other hand, like I mentioned, that course is just going to get firmer and firmer, and it's going to get mm-hmm. even more difficult to control your, your ball, both, you know, uh, tee shots, you know, running too far, running through the fairways, running through the rough into bunkers, and then, you know, the approach shots. Even Even if you're hitting a wedge, um, if you're hitting a wedge onto a surface that's, you know, as hard as concrete, it's yeah. tough to, you know, know where it's going to bounce. So, uh, you know, I think we've been hearing that the scores are going to be really low, but it, they might not be as low as, as we're thinking just because it's going to play that firm. And, and, and I should say, you know, the wind isn't supposed to be anything crazy, but yeah, even a calm day there is a windy day for guys like us. You know, I mean, definitely, right. you know, a calm day in Scotland, you're still talking decent wind. So that's definitely going to be the, the, the biggest issue for the guys, uh, the changing winds and the firmness of the course. All right. Alex Myers, Golf Digest, Scotty Scheffler, number one player in the world, missed the cut at the Scottish Open last week. Second time he wasn't around for the weekend in his past six starts. He'd never played St. Andrews before Sunday's practice round. Do you consider Scheffler a major contender? I do, and I haven't bet on him just because the odds are are not that exciting. But I think we keep overlooking him. you know, it really looked like he was going to win the U.S. Open as well, both on yeah. Saturday and Sunday when he took the lead. Um, he was right there at Brookline. So, you know, we're talking about a guy who came close to winning two of the first three majors this year. Obviously, he's got the all the other wins as well. Um, you know, I think he finished top 10 in, in his uh, Open Championship debut last year. So he can definitely play over here. It didn't look like that last week in Scotland, but he can definitely play this style of golf. I think the course kind of sets up for a fader like like himself um as well and um yeah no i i, I again I it's crazy i got 10 He's seconds alex give me give me the winner who's one, it gonna be i think ever <laughs> i got 10 seconds who's the winner wills Altors gets it done over justin thomas and xander shoffley that's what i'm alex hoping for. Ma- 
<laughs> Alex Myers Golf Digest. You're the best. Enjoy the championship, buddy. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, Jordy. Take care. You too. We'll take our final time out. We'll wrap up our number one next. Welcome back. Quick close to our number one. Here's a tidbit of one of the most famous athletes in the world. Uh, do you know how Tiger Woods got his name? Well, here's the truth behind the story. While serving in Vietnam, Earl Woods, Tiger's father, befriended a courageous colonel named Vuong Dang Phong, known as Tiger to his friends. According to Earl, shortly before the war ended, Tiger Phong disappeared without a trace. Earl Woods returned home without saying goodbye, but he kept the memory of Tiger with him and thought of a way to pay tribute to his friend. Thus, Tiger Woods, who will be seeking his fourth British Open Championship and his third at St. Andrews starting tomorrow. We'll have um, much more coming your way. Our number two straight ahead, the Jordy Helpert Show here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We're your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. Christian Clark talking NBA. Michael Hugan and talking all things college sports. Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Hour number two of two, and away we go on this Wednesday, July 13th, the year 2022. Apparently, Zion Williamson signing a five-year extension with the New Orleans Pelicans was enough for one Louisiana better to go, hey, I'm going all in for the Pels to win the NBA championship. According to Caesar Sportsbook's Twitter account, a $2,500 wager was placed on the Pels at odds of 5,000 plus 5,000 to win it all, meaning if they come through and win their first league title this upcoming season, that better would win $125,000. Christian Clark covers the Pels for NOLA.com, the Times-Picayune, and he's kind enough to join us to give us the very latest lowdown on the Pels after a couple of days in Vegas. And my goodness, uh, Christian, thank you for your time, but game one, um, you lose your number one uh, pick with an ankle injury. He's not playing anymore in Dyson Daniels. Game two, EJ Liddell. I can't believe a torn ACL. That's devastating. It was pretty brutal, man. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of an underwhelming trip in, in some respects. Um, I mean, yeah, Dyson Daniels injury, it's, it's really nothing to worry about. I mean, it was just a pretty bad twist of the ankle, but. You know, it's he's going to be fine in a couple of weeks. I mean, EJ Liddell, obviously, that's a, a lot more serious and, and extremely unfortunate. I mean, and, you know, we'll we'll see. You know, kind of how he gets rostered. He could either be a two way guy, or if they open up a spot, you know, he could get a, a full time spot. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wasn't expecting him to be a rotation guy or anything like that. But yeah, it's definitely not great for his development. Oh, awful. Um, you were there. You get to see it. Why don't you describe what Summer League is like in Las Vegas um, to those that maybe haven't watched it? It's kind of a who's who and everybody who's anybody is there, right? Man, it's it's pretty funny. Um, I mean, 
Yeah, I, I guess you could say that. Um, I mean, you're like you're just walking through, you know, like the hotels which are casinos, and you're just seeing random NBA people. I mean, <laughs> like you. I mean, I'm not gonna like, I guess, say any names, but yeah, like you see a lot of people. You know, you, you normally see on TV at the craps table at Aria at at, at two a.m. and things like that. Um, <laughs> so it, it's always fun. I mean, for me, it's more. I just get to see some of my friends who cover the league too, uh, yeah. you know, more than anything, and they're and they're kind of all in one place. But it's definitely just NBA nerd fest if you're if you're I'm, into that sort I'm, of thing. I'm kind of curious. You get to meet your friends that that cover the league and cover other teams. What what's the prevailing buzz about the Pelicans now, heading into this season? And is it far far different than what you've heard in the past? I mean, positive. I mean, I think, you know, across the league, people understand and, and feel like the Pelicans are in a pretty good place. And, you know, that really could not be more different than when I went out there last summer. Um, I mean, I, I think, man, I think some people felt like, hey, it might be a sinking ship here. And, like, you know, they thought, oh, Zion's not happy. Like, maybe some members of the front office might be front on thin ice. And it really could not be a, a much different story one year later, it's it's pretty amazing. I mean, there really wasn't that buzz, much buzz about them besides, like, yeah, like they look like they're going to be pretty nice. And, you know, it, I think a couple days back, maybe there was some Kevin Durant stuff maybe a week ago, but that's kind of died down. I mean, the expectation yeah. from everything I've heard, and I've checked in on it, I mean, I don't they, – they haven't put Brandon Ingram on the table yet for Kevin Durant, and I don't think they will. So, I mean, the way I'm sitting at it, looking at it is – this is going to be the team they go into the season with pretty much. Have you seen anyone in these summer league games uh, other than their draft picks? Anybody stand out to you as, okay, this guy's got a chance. He's going to be, you know, he'll play on the, in the G league, but he might be able to come up a little bit. Anybody stand out to you? I mean, these last two games are, are more proof that, Jared Harper is really freaking good at basketball for somebody who's yeah. five foot eight and 165 yeah. pounds. I mean, he I don't know, you know how much he can help the Pelicans this year, but I mean, the dude is, he's just really, really gifted for, for how small he is. I wish he was three inches taller. Um, you know, Trey Murphy looks good. He's, he's played, he played well, you know, off the dribble specifically. Um, you know, I was kind of keeping my eye on, you know, a kid from Alabama, um, John Petty Jr. Petty, you know, I, right. I just heard that, was kind of a name to watch, you know, going into this. He's made some shots. He's looked just okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just been okay, I think. Gotcha. Uh, is it time to shut Trey Murphy the third down? I mean, what else does he need to prove? I mean, probably nothing. I mean, uh, nothing to prove, certainly. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I think it can't help him to just continue to play basketball. But, I mean, okay. you, don't, you don't need him out there, man. I mean, yeah. He's he's big. I mean, he says he's six foot ten. I don't know if he's six foot ten. Uh, Brandon Ingram says he doesn't know if he's six foot ten. Um, but man, he looks big. He's shooting the ball well. I mean, everything you hear right now is, yeah, this guy is just really experiencing a, a boost in confidence going into year two. I would I would be surprised if he's not an important part of the team this year. Christian Clark, NOLA.com, the Times Speaking. We did notice Brandon Ingram was there in Las Vegas. Did you ever get, get a chance to talk to him, say hello to him, see how he's doing? You know, I, I didn't I really have an extended conversation with him or anything. Uh, uh -huh. I think it was a 
there was a head nod. Uh, okay. But yeah, he didn't. Uh, he didn't like chop it up with local media there, uh, which was fine. But you know, he still got the like a little splint on his finger. Um, or a little procedure he had done earlier this off season. I don't know. I don't know if he's back like hooping, hooping yet. Um, yeah, that was good to see him. He that was a uh, thirty no defense was pretty funny. That was pretty good. <laughs> um, give the give the people an NBA timeline now. What's next? When do these guys? I mean, they got to take a break from basketball. So once summer league's over, I think that's kind of a time for people to decompress a little bit. But when do they get back into the real flow of things? What? Give me the timetable on uh, an NBA calendar. I always have media day in, in late September, and that's kind of you know basically the start of training camp. Um, you know, I would I would anticipate the Pelicans, you know, getting together maybe maybe early September and kind of doing something similar to what they did last year when they were in in Nashville and okay. you know basically had having a unofficial mini camp there. Um, I, would, I would expect them to do that, but yeah, I mean, I think August will be pretty dead for these guys. There'll be a handful of guys in New Orleans continuing to work out, but you know, right. people will go to the, the LA's, the Miami's kind of those, those hot spots uh, that NBA players live in in the off season too. Uh, any, any word, any sighting of Zion? How's he looking? What's the latest on him? There was a, a little buzz that he's going to be out there in Las Vegas. Um, maybe for the latter half of summer league, I, I haven't confirmed it or anything, but I mean, he was in he was in Paris for a, a Jordan Brand event um, at, the, at the start of summer league. Him and uh, Luka Doncic were hanging out, that. and uh, it looks like they're having some fun. I mean, yeah. you know, the word like everything I've seen, he looks to be in pretty good shape. I mean, he definitely seems happy. So, I mean, all good things for sure. All good things for sure. Christian Clark, uh, NOLA.com, the time speaking. All right. We only saw a few minutes of the number one pick for the Pels, Dyson Daniels. From your basketball perspective, I'm not going to worry about shots and all that kind of stuff. He needs to work on that. There's no, they all do. Um, but what did you see? What, what do you envision of him and from him for this team whose goal certainly is ain't no playing team? They want to be seven and up. What do you think he's going to be able to do? I, I think, you know, look, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about him. I mean, I, I like the pick a lot, you know, before they made it. I mean, that was the one I was hoping they would make. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll just be like honest about that. Um, I'm a Dyson Daniels believer, especially his fit on the team. I mean, I don't know. I don't think he's going to be a rotation guy right away, but I mean, I think like Trey Murphy last year, he's got a chance to be a rotation guy as the season goes along. And the reason I like him on this team is, look, the outside shooting, it, it definitely is a concern. He needs to continue to get better at that. But this guy has a chance to be, you know, an impact defender. I mean, steals machine in the G League. He's really big moves his feet well on the perimeter. And on an offensive end, he's just a guy who's going to keep the ball moving. You know, I mean, he just makes the next pass and he makes it quickly. And you look at, you know, what does this team need? Those two things are, are what this team needs, yeah. you know, especially a guy yeah. with a bigger body, too. 
Yeah, I'm with you. Um, it, it's I, I base nothing on summer league. You just got to get into the game. You got to get into the flow. You got to get into with your team. You got to learn the nuances. You got to learn how to be a pro. And I think that will slowly come. He's got the intangibles. Length is everything in basketball. And he's certainly, certainly got that. Um, all's quiet on the trade front. Have we heard? Did you see? The, you know, did you see Griff uh, talking to some other GM and say, hey, look, I got this Jackson Hayes and Devontae Graham. What you want to give me? For, I mean, what's going on there, do you think? <laughs> uh, I did see him talking to some other GMs, but I'm not going to read go. anything into it, and I'm not going to say who they were. Uh, probably just old friends catching up, probably. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, look, I think I still think there's a chance that, you know, those two guys could be on the move. Um, I mean, you know, like Devontae Graham, you know, the emergence of Jose Alvarado cut into his minutes last year. And you got Kyra Lewis Jr. coming back as well. So, right. I, I mean, I think that's something they're going to continue to look at. Jackson Hayes, I, I think so, too, just because, you know, Zion Williamson back, I mean, those starting minutes at the power forward are, are kind of gone. And really, that's where Jackson was most effective last season. Um, you know, I mean, look, if you're him, him and his side, too, it's like, well, this is the last year of my rookie deal. Like, I'm really playing for some money. There's not a whole lot of minutes here. So, yeah. I mean, it just kind of makes sense, you know, to, to it, I guess, like, at least explore other opportunities. Is there a, is there a six 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 seven um knockdown perimeter shooter out there that's available that maybe the Pels could pull the trigger on? Because I still think they need more outside shooting. I really do. No, I, I mean, look, I'm with you. I mean, I think you're – that's why, you know, part of the reason why Trey Murphy is so important this year, it's like yeah. one of the few guys on the roster with that skill set. Um, honestly, I, I mean, I, I, none really comes to mind. I haven't really asked around that hard. But, uh-huh. I mean, I'm with you. that That's, that's definitely you know, a big concern along with how do those starters defend together. Like, can the other four guys besides Herb Jones, you know, do enough to make them okay defensively? Yep. Summer League uh, continues for the Pels tonight against the Wizards. Five o'clock tip. You'll be watching. I'll be watching. I don't know who I'm going to be watching, but uh, I'll be watching just to see what uh, what looks. But I do like Jared Harper. That little boy, hey, he's small, but he's quick. And he is he is a miniature version of the microwave, Vinny Johnson. He just comes in with one thing in mind. I'm shooting, and I don't care what you say. I'm going to keep shooting. And I like that in a player. I do. Here's a, here's a quick little story before you get out of here. I was sitting behind yeah. uh, in the first game, sitting behind Scoot Henderson, who played yeah. for the G League Ignite last year. He's going to play for the G League Ignite this year. He's he's going to be a top five pick in next year's draft. He's a guard from Atlanta, and he was rooting hard for Jared Harper the entire game. And Jared, Jared <laughs> Harper played pretty well. I mean, nobody is more excited in that gym than than Scoot. It's because of this connection they have from their Atlanta days. So yeah. the players know that uh, Jared Harper has some game. He's got some game. No question about that. All right. Um, welcome back to reality after um, what are you doing walking around slots at two o'clock in the morning and not telling me who's out there playing high money, high, high money <laughs> poker. Come on, man. Chris, you got to drop a dime to me every now and then. I'll text you. I'll text you. <laughs> <laughs> text me. Give me some names. I want to know who the big gamblers are in the NBA. Now I think I got an idea, but I want to know. So, any, but anyway, thank you for your time, man. And uh, uh, enjoy some downtime now. All right. 
Of course, man. Thanks for having me on. All right, Christian Clark, NOLA.com, and the Times Picayune on the latest. Zion might be heading to the Vegas. Unbelievable. Uh, I know where we're heading. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, packing its bags, heading to Atlanta for SEC Media Days. Tune in starting Monday, July 18th, as both RP3 and company in crutch time with Miguez and Mesh will be broadcasting live from the College Football Hall of Fame for the games live from SEC media day coverage presented by Bordelon Furniture. Not only will RP3 and Matt be broadcasting live, well, they'll also be providing live updates every day on Footnotes at 9 and our show, the Jordy Helpert Show, uh, around 2.15. So kick off the 2022 season in Atlanta with the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Um, Brian Kelly will be first up at 11.30, and uh, he'll get that thing up and down and out of the way. And uh, then they'll pass the baton all to the other coaches. Three coaches on the first day. Brian Kelly is the first one. We've been giving you some stories of the top um, uh, players in all of sport and um, the most famous, right? Uh, Tom Brady, arguably the most accomplished player in NFL history. Did you know that Tom Brady wasn't just a stud on the football field? Back in 1995, Brady was selected by the Montreal Expos in the MLB draft thanks to his talents as a catcher on his high school baseball team. So he didn't throw it. He caught it in baseball. Of course, now he throws it in football. Well, he would skip out on playing in the major leagues, duh, and opt to play football at the University of Michigan instead. Then, of course, in the NFL, multi-sport talent, multi-sport talent. Did not know Tom Brady was selected by Montreal in Major League Baseball. Just a little another tidbit coming your way we'll take a quick time out here we'll come back with much more still to come michael hugan and at about 3 30 will join us and we'll talk all about uh, the sec saying yeah we're done for now the big 12 saying we're open for business who wants to come play in our league and we'll talk about that much much more stay with us the jordy helpert show on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles we are your home for the lsu tigers and the houston astros in southwest louisiana we love talking about sports. Yeah. You love listening to sports. Yeah. Sounds like we were meant to be together, or at least friends with benefits. Aren't you glad you found us? Yep. yep. Back to more of the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We're back, Eon of Lafayette. Yeah, Eon is pretty darn cool. Let's talk a little bit about jet impingement cooling. Now, to ensure patient comfort, Eon has nine cooling jets that keep the surface of your skin cool while heating the subcutaneous fat under your skin. Yeah, that's right. These jets allow you to stay comfortable while continuous laser energy permanently kills your heated fat cells. It's the stuff we dreamed about like kids. It's like the Jetsons, right? It's all this high-tech stuff. Um, Eon, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that specializes in permanent fat reduction. Permanent 
uh, give Tara and her staff a call at 337-278-7641. That's 337-278-7641. Get rid of those troublesome spots once and for all. They have financing available. Get it done now. Pay later. It's all right there for you men and for you women. It's right there. Eon of Lafayette. Who is... um, Who's betting against Pete Alonzo in um, the home run derby next week in Los Angeles? Who's who's betting against him? Um, I mean, he he's going for a three-peat. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. will participate in the derby. Uh, St. Louis Cardinal veteran Albert Pujols entered the derby as well, giving the former Dodger slugger a chance to participate in a familiar park. He's got no no, no shot. You got Juan Soto of the Nationals, Kyle Schwarber of the Phillies. Um, I mean, Alonzo, he, he, he says, I think I'm the best power hit on the planet. And now Dr. Staten will be his stage this coming Monday. Takes a break from the regular season uh, that has New York fans, the Mets, thinking about a postseason run. They enter play um, first place in the National League East, uh, barely over the Atlanta Braves. So um, Alonzo, I'm not betting against him uh, because he's, uh, he's proven time and time again, swinging for his third title, and he's excited to be there. Um, I, I like the fact, I said it before, Pujols um, is, uh, is going to be there, kind of a courtesy to um, – from Major League Baseball, right? Um, and uh, look, he's he, he's done he's done so much. Why not? You know why not? Um, Miguel Cabrera, same thing with the, with the Tigers. Um, let him play. Why not? Two of the greatest hitters, two of the greatest power hitters to ever play the game. It might be their last opportunity. I think it's a I think it's a great move by Major League Baseball to uh, to do that, to do that. So um, good for them. And it's still hands down without any question, without any doubt. um, Major League Baseball has the best all star game around. Football is the absolute worst um basketball is just a bunch of dunks and all hockey is is pretty good uh but baseball by far is the best in the business uh the astros were winners last night six to five over the angels they face shohei otani uh today um maybe they won't have to worry about mike trout um uh, he exited in the fifth inning with back spasms yesterday after going uh, 0 for 2 with two strikeouts. They don't know if he's going to have to go on the IL or not right now, but he's certainly not going to be playing uh, tonight. He was named the starting outfielder, as he is every year, for the All-Star game, but that's in doubt. So we'll have to wait and see on that. But, um, you know, if uh, we if, – if, you don't have trout in your lineup. The angels are so bad anyway. Um, I don't know. I don't know. They expect him to be day to day, but back spasms, mm, they're tricky. We'll just have to wait and see. So if he does miss time outfitter, Joe Adele could be called up from triple a 
Salt Lake. He's been heating up at the plate of late, but the Astros certainly um, in a good position to get another win uh, here tonight against the Angels. And you know they're 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 tearing things up in their division. Uh, and I mean, they just keep widening the gap. The Mariners are on fire. Mariners are on fire, but the Astros have held them off. And uh, you know, they lead by lead by twelve games, fifty-seven and twenty-nine, a sixty-six percent win clip, trailing only the New York Yankees for the best per- winning percentage in baseball. The Yankees are sixty-one and twenty-six, a seventy percent winning clip, but they're only five and five their last ten. The Astros are eight and two their last ten. So. Collision course, Astros, Yankees, collision course, I think, uh, for the playoffs. In the National League, well, you know, the Mets, two and a half games over the Braves in the East, the Brewers, two games over my Cardinals in the Central, and the Dodgers, uh, seven and a half games over the Padres. Uh, They picked up four games here, lickety split, as the Dodgers are eight and two their last ten. The Padres and the Giants, uh, four and six their last ten. So a quick four-game swing has uh, elevated the Dodgers to where everybody thought they would be. Um, and it sure seems to be either the Dod- the Dodgers versus either the Mets or the Braves coming out of the National League East. It looks like that's a collision course uh, for the National League crown. Uh, but things can happen. Baseball's a f- funny game. A lot of things can change. Who stays healthy? Uh, who gets hot? Which arms stay, stay ready to roll? Uh, that's, that's the key. That's the key. You know, you can score a new Apple watch by sending a simple text message. That's right. The game one Oh three, seven Lafayette and one Oh four, one Lake Charles wants to hook you up with a new Apple watch. All you have to do to win is join our brand new text club. Simply text game to three, three, seven, two, eight, three, 8,100. That's game to three, three, seven, two, eight, three, 8,100. Now, once you join, you'll be eligible to win an Apple watch. Plus you'll have to, you'll have a ton of chances to score other great prizes like Astros tickets and so much more. It's the game text club. Find out more at 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com. Hump day with Huguenin. When we return on this Wednesday, July 13th to the Jordy Helpert show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. Uh Uh-oh. Do you know what day it is? Anybody? It's time for Jordy to break down the biggest storylines in college athletics with Mike Huguenin of On3.com. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Here is Hump Day with Huguenin. On the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Ah, he's the best in the business. Facts, facts, and more facts. He knows them all. Mike Huguenin in Orlando joining us yet again on another edition of Hump Day with Huguenin. Mike, how you doing, my friend? What's up? Uh, yeah, the first uh, day of conference media days is today, the Big 12 yeah. meeting uh, in Arlington, Texas. They finish tomorrow. So college football unofficially is here because when you got coaches talking about what's going to happen this season in a group environment, if that means that the season uh, is about to get underway. Now the Big 12 boss, the new commission, says they're exploring all options for expansion. They're having dialogues. I mean, what else is he supposed to say, right? Exactly. And I think, you know, people are, are 
awaiting with bated breath on what all these guys say. But, uh, you know, you're right. What else are you going to say? And you know, I, I would think that four months ago, if you would, or three months ago, or heck, three weeks ago, if you would ask U.S. if you would ask Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyovkov, "Hey, do you, do you fear losing any teams?" He'd say, "Of course not." If you ask USC Athletic Director Mike Bone, "Are you, are you going anywhere?" Of course not. So take a lot. They they say what they have to say, but you also need to take what they say with a gigantic truckload of salt <laughs> you're right uh in those uh big 12 meetings um oklahoma state coach mike gundy according to him jokingly but we all know behind every joke there is a sense of truth behind it he's saying why, why are texas and oklahoma still involved in all these big 12 meetings they're not going to be here don't involve them don't include them He's, and I, I sort of agree with him, though I would argue I that uh, they're obviously not in a decision-making mode uh, anymore. But they are—I mean, they are going to be in the league this fall. You, you got to have them there. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting next season. The four new teams come in, plus Oklahoma and Texas. At least right now, are still going to be in that league. So right. it's it's weird. They're going to have a 14-team league next year. Um, it's it's bizarre, but the the one thing that you know Gundy did say seriously is that money's driving everything now, and he was all upset about that. <laughs> Dude, where have you been for three decades? Exactly. So, says the guy who makes seven and a half million bucks a year as well. So, right. um, of course, everything's about money. Everything in 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 all of sports is about money. So that was a little bit. He certainly was not joking there, and maybe he should yeah. have been when he said that. He- has he underachieved? I mean, you said he's making seven and a half million dollars a year at Oklahoma State. I mean, really, what they, they've done a couple of things every now and then here and there, but in the grand scheme of things, they really haven't been a major player. No, but I still think Oklahoma, the fact that Oklahoma State is somewhat nationally relevant consistently is the difference. Mm-hmm. They, they had some seasons under Jimmy Johnson where they rose up. Uh, under Pat Jones, where they rose up, and then they quickly receded. But I would argue that Gundy, for the last seven or eight years, has Oklahoma State in the mix for a Big 12 title, and that's that's impressive, I think, at that school. Okay. Always famous for I'm a man, uh, talk to me, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. That was the classic line of all. Are you are you in the belief that, the, the according to sources out there, that the SEC wants to end their expansion race and no. stay at 16 no. teams? No. Again, what, what else are they going to say? And uh. But above all, take everything they say with a truckload of salt. Um, it, it, let's, let's say this. You got SEC leaders saying, oh, we're fine with 16. If Notre Dame calls tomorrow and North Carolina calls tomorrow, oh, we're going yeah. to 18. So yeah. let's, again, don't, all, all these guys speak out of both sides of their mouth. And, <laughs> you know, I, I tend to um, sort of roll my eyes any, any definitive statement coming from any conference commissioner or athletic, athletic director these days. If you were able to attend the SEC media days and you got the microphone and you could ask Greg Sankey any question, what would you want to ask him? Well, what, what I would want to ask, he's not going to answer. So well, I, w- I would say would ask? how far in the future 
will there be this huge conglomeration of of teams in an upper level of college football and everything everybody else needs to like don't you don't want to worry about it and of course i think that's going to happen i don't think it's imminent but i think it's going to be a sort of nfl junior uh, i don't know between the next 10 and 20 years but again no a no no commissioner is going to answer that no tv executive is going to answer that no ad is going to answer that but i think that's where we're definitely moving given the usc ucla move to the big 10 it's kind of the equivalent of Tiger Woods uh, talking about the live tour. It's kind of when Nick Saban talks about college football. He is the king. He is the godfather. And he says mega conferences are here to stay. Yeah, he's right. And they're, they're going to be bigger. Um, I Again, I you and I have talked about this in the past. In 1982 is when the Supreme Court made its TV decision. They basically told the NCA, no, you do not control TV rights. The schools do. So I can remember in the aftermath of that, in the next year, everybody was bemoaning, oh, my God, this is going to ruin college athletics, blah, blah, blah. There's going to be this super conference of uh, teams, and everybody else is going to be left by the wayside. Well, here we are 40 years later, um, and I think, yeah, I think now the USC-UCLA decision Again, USC and UCLA are in the same league as a school in New Jersey. So I think that super aggregation of 40, 50, 60, ever how many teams, uh, it's going to happen. I don't think, again, I don't think it's going to be imminent, but I think it is between the next 10 and 20 years. Um, And I think it's only going to impact football. I don't think you want to mess with the NCAA basketball tournament or the College World Series or the Women's College World Series or any other NCAA event. Um, So, but football is, it's, it's maybe the pace is somewhat glacial, but I would argue that compared to, you know, 40 years ago, there's nothing done glacial anymore. It does, take some time to do some things but i think this one is again within the next 10 to 20 years do you believe there are teams in the acc that are having meetings with their administration and all this oh, and heck, they're they're trying to yeah. find if a way to get out of yeah, that conference? If, you're, if you're the acc you're, you're tied into your rights deal until 2036 huh. um that is not a good thing because you're basically your income is somewhat capped and if you're sitting around, if you're Clemson, for instance, sitting around looking at, we recruit against Georgia, we recruit against Alabama, we recruit against LSU. In fact, we took a five-star defensive lineman outside of the Tuscaloosa footprint from Alabaster, Alabama, Peter Woods. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking at Clemson going five years from now, we're going to be making one-third of what Alabama makes from its TV deal. You're extremely worried. Um, so I think there is a lot of internal discussion. I'm sure there's internal discussion at the ACC conference office as well. Um, and you know, we've talked about this too, the the idea that the ACC commissioner, Jim Phillips was sort of the ringleader behind the proposed, the, he was the ringleader against expanding the playoff. That's going to go down as one of the stupidest decisions ever. Michael Jugan and on3.com. The SEC um, 
has left CBS. They're going for ESPN. What what kind of role does CBS have? And and I'm sure the Big 12 is trying like crazy to get them. Is that an attractive package? Is the Pac-12? What does CBS do? Don't they want to have a footprint in college football still? I, I would, yeah, I would think so. Um, you know, people people tend to, well, why, why would CBS want to get back in once they're out? Well, look at the NFL. All four networks cover pro football. So why can't all four networks cover college football? And remember, the Thursday night NFL package is going to a streaming service. So the streaming services are going to be coming into college football as well. There's, you cannot have enough live sporting events. That drives TV traffic. So um, it will be interesting to see what CBS does. Does NBC try to get a bigger piece of the pie? Does CBS try to get Notre Dame away? Does Notre Dame you know, look to ESPN or somebody else or Fox? There's so many variations of what can happen with the TV deals. But, yeah, I don't, I, just because CBS lost the SEC doesn't mean that, that CBS is throwing up its hands and going, okay, we're done with college football. I don't believe that at all. Is there any snowball's chance, and you know what, a conference like the Sun Belt Conference, for instance, uh, they play pretty good football in that conference. Is there any way they could strike a television deal with some some company? I think there is. The, the, the difference would be the amount of money they're going to make is not right. Not anything, a lot. But anything is um, anything so better than nothing. If, if, if oh, we we have the Sun Belt game of the week on CBS, oh, you, you got you got about one percent of the fans who care. So. Um, you know, they, the MAC, the Mountain West, Conference USA, Sunbelt, um, I'm, miss, I'm missing one. Um, Conference well, USA? AAC, all of them have their own TV deal. But the, the amount of money, none of them make even $10 million. And I think Conference USA one pays each school 500000 um, yeah. which buys maybe five analysts at Alabama. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I guess if you're the Sunbelt Commissioner or the MAC Commissioner, you're dreaming big, but I think you need to scale back your expectations. Okay. Um, if you could build, and this is, we don't re- rehearse anything. If you could build the perfect quarterback, picking only SEC quarterbacks out there, I'm talking about um, the, the mental aspect of the game, arm strength, the, the way your, your, your maneuverability, um, clutch plays, all that kind of stuff. Uh, if you could, if you could take, you know, six or seven quarterbacks and put them in a, and put them in a puzzle to make one, who would you have in that, in that group? Like in other words, okay. Arm strength. Who would you have from, from all the sec quarterbacks you've seen in all your time, who would you have? You mean all time or just now? All time. Uh, I think Jamarcus Russell arm strength, but that would be the only thing I want. Okay, that's fine. Arm strength, you give to Jamarcus Russell. His ability to to run the football. Uh, You know, maybe Tebow's mental toughness. Um, There's been a lot of really high high football IQ quarterbacks. I can think of, you know, I think McElroy was a high football IQ quarterback. Danny Warfel, Peyton Manning. Um. Heck, David Green in Georgia was a high football IQ quarterback. I think you also want sort of a riverboat gambler mentality. I think of a guy like Steven Garcia at South Carolina, Rex Grossman at Florida, who never John saw Manziel? an opening he didn't think he could fit the ball in. Um, you know, the swagger of, I don't know, heck, I think 
quarterbacks having a swagger is important. Again, Grossman, Matt Corral, Chad Kelly had a ton of swagger. Joe Burrow had his own version mm-hmm. of swagger. I, there's so many, but I mean, I think arm strength, I, of all the SEC quarterbacks I've seen back to the late 70s, that's how old I am, I yeah. don't remember anybody having um, a stronger arm than Russell. But, you know, he obviously was not the most polished quarterback. That's okay. Um, but his That's okay. arm, that would be a prime, a prime piece of a quarterback if I was building. But there's been a lot of – and, you know, Manning's processes, and I think people forget because Warfel was not a good pro. Um, he played for four SEC titles. Yeah. Um, he won four SEC titles. So uh, Warfel in Spurrier's offense was a thing of beauty. Uh, Manning, obviously, um, had a heck of a lot of uh, savvy. Um, and, yeah, and then people forget David Green, who I think graduated with the most TD passes in SEC history at Georgia. He did some good stuff as well. And Burrow had that phenomenal season. I'm forgetting Cam Newton. Um, yeah. So there's so many. So, and Newton but in other words, I would take maybe the arm strength of Russell. I would take the football IQ, and I'd put Burrow and Manning together on that. As far as running, ain't nobody better than Cam Newton. Yeah, that dude was 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 something. Yep. Escapability, maneuverability. Johnny Manziel was pretty darn special, man. He was pretty darn special. Um, clutch in the clutch, I. Man, Burrow, God, I mean, that one season, I don't know how you can argue that. Right. Okay. There's, there's, and there's been, a, there's been a heck of a lot. And I think if you talk to older SEC folks, you know, that back in the 50s, you had, you know, Charlie Connerly and Jake Gibbs yeah. at Ole Miss, Kittle at, at LSU. Right. Um, Bert a Jones. A bunch of high-level quarterbacks throughout the SEC history. Yeah. I mean, Pat Sullivan was pretty good. He won a Heisman. Uh, Spurrier was pretty Manning. good back in the day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, a lot of good ones. Um, all right. Um, uh, anything? What What else is uh, – What the, the Big 12's already said we're going out trying to get a television deal. We already talked a little bit about television, but who do they go to and what do they, what do they, what do they ask for? What, what is their compelling sales job to get a good television contract? I don't think it's that compelling, right, the way they're going to be made up with those 12 teams. Now, they do have – they're adding the Houston, Cincinnati, and Orlando TV markets. Those are all – I think I know Houston's top 10 nationally. Orlando's top 20. I think Cincinnati's top 30. The problem is the teams they're bringing in aren't necessarily must-watch even in those markets. Yeah. Because in Houston, Texas and Texas A&M, Trump Houston, and Cincinnati, Ohio State, Trumps Cincinnati. And in Orlando, there's many Florida, Florida State fans here as are our UCF fans. So um, you're selling eyeballs, but I'm not sure what kind of value those eyeballs truly have. Um, but if you add in Oregon and Washington and some, some other teams from the Pac-12, maybe then you have the uh, something you can legitimately take to market and think you're going to make $50 million bucks a year per yeah. team. Okay. Um, but you also wonder if the Pac-12 is going to sort of regroup and try to raid the Big 12. 
Yeah, so a lot that's of a good stuff point. is good point. Well, we'll know more next week when we talk. We'll have a couple of days of SEC media days under our belt. Or an so. AD, the idea that, oh, we're done, we're done, we're not expanding anymore. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. Michael Hugan, and thank you. Next week, we'll, uh, who knows what the SEC coaches will be saying, yeah. but we'll, we'll talk a yeah. little bit about that. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your week, my friend. Appreciate it. Talk to you next week. Blue It's that. Tune in next week to the Jordy Holberg Show for Hump Day with Huguenin. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, we're back. 54 minutes and some change after the hour. Special thanks to our guests today, Koki Riley, all things LSU. Alex Myers um, likes Will Zalatoris to win the Open Championship, which gets underway early, early tomorrow morning. I can't wait. I'm an early person. I love it when it's the Open or Wimbledon sports early in the morning. I think it's great. I love it. Uh, Christian Clark on the, the Tough Luck Pelicans. Um, Dyson Daniels, EJ Liddell, their two top draft picks, both get hurt game one and game two, respectively. Uh, very serious on Liddell, torn ACL. I hate to hear that. And Michael Huguenin from On3.com. Um, with all things college football. Uh, Big 12 media days are underway. SEC media days start on Monday. Nothing compares to the league where it just means more. just doesn't. Tomorrow, we'll uh, have some NFL talk with uh, the Schwab and whatever else comes our way. So uh, be sure to join us from 2 to 4 right here on 103.7 in Lafayette, 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com, and simulcast in the Acadiana area on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. James, thanks so much for all you do. Thanks to all of you uh, for listening in in whatever form or fashion that you do. And thanks to our partners that make it possible each and every day. And thanks to Eon of Lafayette, our uh, Wednesday sponsor, uh, the first robotic touchless permanent fat reduction laser um, where you don't feel any discomfort whatsoever. And it just works. It just works. Um, You don't feel a thing other than some cool air and the work is bitten done and uh, you'll see the best results in uh, three months, three months. I mean, it's worth it. And you have financing available so you can get it done now and pay later. Eon of Lafayette. Uh, That's going to wrap things up today. Thanks so much for everything. I hope you have a great rest of your Wednesday afternoon and a great Wednesday night. So until tomorrow, I'm Jordy Heltberg. Why don't you stay thirsty, my friends? In other words, seek, uh, learn, seek knowledge, seek to learn, seek to improve. That's what I mean by stay thirsty. Um, Do everything you can to stay healthy. That's the most important thing. Stay healthy. Be kind to one another and let's all be happy. So long.